Well, good morning. Welcome. Would you stand with us? And we're going to sing together. I know this is a, new, a newer service for your church, and we're excited to be here and to be a part of it. My name is John Martin Keith. You can call me Marty. It's fine. I know uh, Ray's going to come up and talk a little more here in just a couple of minutes, but I just want to introduce myself and say thank you for letting us come to worship with you. So we're going to do some songs that might be new for you, uh, but it's a new service, so that works perfectly. Amen? Let's sing this together. Let our praise be your welcome, and let our songs be a sign. We are here for you. We are here for you. And let your breath come from heaven and fill our hearts with your life. We are here for you. We are here for you. To your hearts are open. To you our hearts are open. Nothing here is hidden. You are our one desire. You alone are holy. Only you are worthy. God, let your fire fall down. Let us shout be your anthem. Your renown fill the sky. We are here for you. We are here for you. Let your word move in power. And let your word move in power. Let what's dead come to life. We are here for you. Yes, we are, Lord. We are here for you. To you, our hearts are open. To you, our hearts are open. Nothing here is hidden. You are our one desire. You alone are holy, only you are worthy, God, let your fire fall down. Let's sing that again. To you our hearts are open, nothing here is hidden, you are our one desire. You alone are holy, only you are worthy, God, let your fire fire fall let your fire fall down let your fire fall we welcome you with praise we welcome you with praise we welcome you with praise almighty God of love be welcomed in this place we welcome you with praise we welcome you with praise Almighty God of love, be welcome. 
welcomed in this place. Let every heart adore. Let every soul awake. Almighty God of love, be welcomed in this place. We welcome you with praise. We welcome you with praise. Almighty God of love, be welcomed in this place. Father, we love you. We thank you for this morning that we get to come and stand in your presence and sing praise to you and lift you up. Thank you that you are here with us. We pray that you'll be glorified in all that we say and all that we do today. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. Welcome to Broadway Baptist Church this morning, and I'm glad you all came out with us. Uh, uh, thank you, Marty, for filling in for our, our band today. And so they took away my guitar, so I get to grab the mic. So that's the way I'm going to go. So anyway, uh, just a reminder, uh, we do have a, an offering today that we'll... Uh, if you take your tear off on your bulletin, you should have gotten one of those when you walked in. If you are a visitor, if this is your first time with us here at Broadway, we'd love to connect with you, and that's our way we do that. So if you wouldn't mind to fill that out and tear it off and then drop it in the offering plate. And if you missed that, there's another opportunity. In the back, there's a black box that you can also drop it in there. So um, let's worship. So good to be here today. Thank you. Amen. It's good to be in the God's house this morning. Amen. Thank you. If we all have the joy and the excitement like that, we're in good shape. Amen? So you can raise your hands this morning. You can, you can be on your hands and your knees praying, or you can sit or stand however you are most comfortable worshiping this morning. Uh, but here's what I am going to ask you to do, because you are the band today. So I am going to ask if you would to put your hands together. This is it. We can sing with joy. Let's worship and have fun in the presence of the Lord. We've waited for this day. We're gathered in your name, calling out to you. Your glory like a fire, awakening desire will burn our hearts with truth. You're the reason we're here. You're the reason we're here. You're the reason we're singing. Open up the heavens. We want to see you open up the floodgates. A mighty river flowing from your heart and filling every part of our presence in this place your presence in this place your glory on our face we're looking to the sky descending like a cloud you're standing with us now lord unveil our eyes you're the reason we're here you're the reason we're here you're the reason we're seeing Open up the heavens, we want to see you. Open up the floodgates, a mighty river flowing from your heart and filling every part of our praise. Let's sing that again. Open up the heavens. So open up the heavens, we want to see you. Open 
up the floodgates, a mighty river flowing from your heart, filling every part of our praise. Show us your glory. Show us, show us your glory. Show us, show us your power. Show us, show us your glory, Lord. Sing it again. Show us. Show us, show us your glory. Show us, show us your power. Show us, show us your glory, Lord. Stop the Lord Almighty. Who 
for the offering time. Lord, Lord, we love you. We thank you again that we get to worship in this way and pray that you will bless the tithes and offerings now for this church and that they will give abundantly and can help serve this church's ministry to this to the city of Lexington. We thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Aren't you glad that God is faithful to us? Even in the times when we are unfaithful to him, which is a lot, most of the time. Being fallen, sinful humans. We have a hard time being faithful. We struggle with that in our relationships with one another and with our relationship with God. But amen, aren't you glad that he is always faithful to us? He never changes He's faithful in everything that he does. And he always draws us back to him. And so we're so grateful for that. So as we sing this song, I love the chorus. It's such an important song for me. It says, faithful you are. Faithful forever you will be. Faithful you are. All your promises are yes and amen. So grateful for that. Yes. 
And all your promises are yes and amen. Beautiful Savior. Beautiful Savior, you have brought me near. You pull me from the ashes, you have broken every curse. And blessed Redeemer, you have set this captive free. Lord, I can't help but sing. Faithful? Faithful you are. Faithful forever you will be. Faithful you are. And all your promises are yes and amen. All your promises? And all your promises are yes and amen, faithful you are, faithful forever you will be, faithful you are, and all your promises are yes and amen. And all your promises are yes and amen. I will rest in your promises. And I will rest in your promises, my confidence. It's your faithfulness. I will rest in your promises. My confidence is your faithfulness. You'll stand with us. I will rest in your promises. My confidence is your faithfulness. And I will rest in your promises. My confidence. It's your faithfulness. I sing faithful. Faithful you are. Faithful forever you will be. Faithful you are. And all your promises are yes and amen. All your promises are yes and amen. All your promises. All your promises are yes and amen. Lord, we love you. We thank you that you are faithful. That your promises are yes, amen. They are true. They never fail. We praise you for it, Lord. We pray for pastor as he comes and shares your word now. Speak through him. Give him the words to say. And teach us to be more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to lead us in a prayer right now. God, I pray that you give us the Holy Spirit boldness we need. Lord, we thank you for Marty for coming and Patty leading us in worship. Lord, I just pray this service is all about you. 
Lord, we just pray for you to move. We pray for you to speak to us. Lord, we just give you this time as we open up your word. In Jesus' name we all pray. Amen and amen. If you have your Bibles, open up your Bibles to the book of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Also, we're going to look here at James chapter 1. 1 Corinthians 10 and James chapter 1. While I move this furniture around here, let me, I'm going to tell you, if you notice something different about our sanctuary, if you notice the back section uh, disappeared. So what it was, was last Sunday we had the Lord's Supper, and I was able, I was able actually able to see folks, because it's hard to see folks here at this service. So um, we had, tw- I'm not, this is not, no exaggeration. Last Sunday we had 20 visitors at this service, just this service. And the problem is, when folks are sitting all over the place and they're scattered around, you don't get to talk to folks. Nobody, you know, says hello. Hopefully you always say hello. But we, we thought, you know, if folks, you bring folks in, it, I guess it forces them to speak to each other. So uh, that's what our roping off our back, back sections do. So hopefully it, it pushes people up so they can uh, and greet our guests. But uh, that's, that's our, I guess, our new thing for today is um, our, our ropes back there. We are going to be talking about temptation. So that's what we're about to see here in our Bibles. But while you turn there in your Bibles, I want to tell you about this sunflower right here. The sunflower, I found out this week, is unlike any other flower that exists. The sunflower actually follows the sun. I don't know if you're aware of this. The sunflower actually, it points east in the morning. And as the sun moves to the west each day, the flower literally turns and follows it. D- did anybody know that? Okay, good. Five people knew that about, about our, our, uh, some flowers. So what happens is, and then at night when the sun sets, listen, the flower actually turns again towards the east, anticipating the sun. We have a YouTube video here of this occurring. So y'all look right here. Watch. We won't show it all. So. This is, um, this is one of these time-lapse videos of it occurring. It's obviously daytime. You see it's following the sun. It's going west. And then when the night, the sun, the flower actually positions itself again uh, for the sunrise. All right, that's enough of a video. But I share that because in temptation, one of the things we're going to see here in our Bibles and what we're about to see is the Bible actually says, and uh, the Lord said in Psalm 34, 5, those who look to him are radiant with joy. Their faces will never be ashamed. When we look to Jesus Christ, when our focus is on the Lord, he is the one, as we go throughout our day, we're focusing on him, we aren't put to shame. And what that scripture means, put to shame, literally that means that they have sinned. When we sin against the Lord, we have been, it's shameful. So while we're focusing on Jesus and our, our focus is on him, we are not put to shame. So I want to share that story because as we go through this scripture here, you're going to see about a sunflower. You need to be thinking the entire time, am I focused, am I centered on Jesus? Open up your Bibles here. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. The Bible says, No temptation has come upon you except what is common to humanity. But God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. 
But with the temptation, he will also provide a way out so you may be able to bear it. The scriptures are telling us this morning that God will not allow us, that there's a, he's not going to allow us to break. So when we are encountering and we are facing temptation, there's always a side door, there's a back door, there's a front door you can walk out of, and you don't have to yield to the temptation you are enduring. This is an important Bible verse because so much of the Christian life, so much of what we're dealing with is actually how am I going to be able to say no to them this temptation? How can I overcome this? And sin, it has separated us from God. And we can never make up for it by self-improvement or good works. When you have sinned against the Lord, you have to go to Christ and He is the one who forgives us. It is not earned. Now look here, this illustrates. Look here at James chapter 1, other scripture verse. James chapter 1, verse 13. The Bible says, No one undergoing a trial should say, I am being tempted by God, since God is not tempted by evil, and He Himself doesn't tempt anyone. So God doesn't tempt us. If we're struggling with a sin, it's not because of God. It's because of us. But each person is tempted when he is drawn away. This is important. And enticed by his own evil desire. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is fully grown, it gives birth to death. So what this scripture is saying is that literally it's like a, we've got this temptation, these evil desires that pulls us away. And then when we sin, when we yield and give in to temptation, it gives birth to sin, and all of a sudden, we have been, we've been fooled, and we die. The reason why we have funerals is because of sin. That's what keeps funeral homes in business. It started with Adam and Eve, and it's continued ever since. And what happens is we perish because we have sinned against the Lord. We have, the, our bodies originally were never designed to die. That's how God made us. But because of what occurred in the Garden of Eden, it still exists today. So here we are. We're going to put up here on the screen. In a little bit, we're going to pull out our little uh, sermon notes here in your bulletin, hopefully you receive. We're going to talk about how can you overcome temptation? Because how we answer this question is important. Number one, if you want to overcome temptation, if you want to be here and say, I want, I want to see victory in my life. You need to build your life around godly principles. God expects you and I to live by godly principles. You say, well, preacher, how do we know godly principles? Our Bible tells us how to live by godly principles. If you don't know your Bible, if you aren't daily in the scriptures, you are going to struggle with sin. How? Because you do not know the Bible. Next Sunday, we have a gentleman named Mike Ritchie who will be here preaching at both morning services. Mike Ritchie raises money. Mike Ritchie is a vice president of philanthropy at the University of Kentucky. Mike Ritchie, last year, Kentucky launched a campaign called Kentucky Can to raise $2.1 billion, not million, billion dollars. Do you know who heads it up? 
Mike Ritchie, guy who's going to be right here next Sunday. Did anybody here get a fundraising letter or email from Kentucky Can as we donate money? Have no one? Okay, well, 120,000 people uh, have already, or his donor list already to give to this organization or to give to help uh, University of Kentucky. What does it go towards? It goes towards their new baseball stadium, their new $2 million student center, all the new stuff that you see around campus. You can thank Miss Ritchie for raising that money to help pay for it. Now, that's exciting to raise $2.1 billion for the university. It's the largest fundraising campaign in the history of the state. But you know, Mike Ritchie, his passion, as exciting as Kentucky is, that's not his passion. Mike Ritchie, before he came to the University of Kentucky, he worked for an organization called the Gideons International. And he raised money for this book right here. Mike Ritchie's a Gideon. And the Gideons give out more Bibles than anyone on earth and any other organization. He did so well with the Gideons, the university hired him, said, this guy's a good fundraiser. He needs to come start raising money here. $2.1 billion is a lot of money. But it doesn't even compare to the riches of God. Do you know the Bible says... In Isaiah 48, the flowers fade and the grass withers, but the word of God stands forever. The grass out here is nice and green right now, but church, it dies. These flowers, even though they're already dead, they will die and wither. They won't be following the sun. They're not following them now. They're dead. But soon, our Bible in our hands right now, I want you to pull your Bible, I want you to hold your Bible. This Bible in your hand, or if it's on your iPad, or in your phone, it stands forever. If you want to overcome temptation, if you're tired of living a defeated life where you're in the same habitual sins over and over again, you're not seeing the victory you want, if you, don't, if you are not committed to this book, you will fall. You will not experience victory. And what Mike Ritchie's going to come next week, he's going to raise the money, he's going to ask you to give to the Gideons. He's going to let you know that, you, men, you need to be a Gideon. Do you know when we have the fall festival in the fall here, do you know what we're giving out? We invite the Gideons. They're passing out Bibles. The Word of God is alive. It is living and active. And it is the one that convicts us. It is the words that save us. When we go to heaven, we won't be hearing about UK stuff. They're $2.1 billion Kentucky can. You know what we'll be hearing about? The Word of God. These same words will be eternally with us. Because Jesus' words, God's words, never fall on a deaf ear. And I want you to take your Bible. I want you to hold it up. I want you to hold up your Bible. And I want you to commit yourself to standing on God's Word. If you want to overcome temptation, you literally say, God, I'm giving you my Word. I'm going to take your Word and hide it into my heart and make it a lamp into my feet. 
This is God's word. I'm going to make it my word. Church, that's how you overcome temptation. If you, if you have not committed yourself to the scriptures, you will struggle. All right, secondly, here's the second part. In a minute, we're going to hold up our phone or our iPad. All right, number two, surround yourself with accountability. All right, we've committed ourselves to the Bible. <clears throat> Everybody has one of these. Huh? My phone's somewhere else, but you've got your phone, you've got your tablet. Do you know this thing can keep you from your Bible? This can, thing can keep you from knowing Jesus. This thing here can lead you down a road to relationships and friendships and people that you should not be talking to. It can open up doors to temptation like never before in the history of humanity have they had these things in their pockets. Literally, anything you want is in your pocket. And it's just at your fingertips. Which is exciting, but it also means temptation is lurking. If you have a password on your phone... You could be hiding something. If you are guarding your phone, making sure no one's going to log in and see it, sin breeds in secrecy. Y'all know my wife, Miss Sherry Osmond? She works at the hospital. She was saying one time, not too long ago, and what happened, she does surgery. They were taking somebody back to surgery. And... This man was going back, for, or no, it was a female. She was going back for her surgery. And when you go back to surgery, guess what you cannot bring with your hand? They give you anesthesia. So you can't play on your phone. I'm not kidding when I say this. People literally try to bring their phone to the surgery. That is no joke. And this one woman was going to keep it with her. And her husband, the, the nurse is like, you know, you need to give away your stuff. It's time to, we're going to wheel you in the back. And the woman said, no, I, I'm not, I'm not going to give my husband my phone. I'm going to take it with me. And I'll just put it under the bed. That this, it won't bother. And the nurse is like, no, you can't bring your phone to surgery. Like, you're going to be under anesthesia. Like, you'll be out. You're not going to be able to play on your phone. But she would not allow her husband to have the phone. True story. Why? You wonder why. What, 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 what's he going to do? It's not what's he going to do. She's hiding something. There's something there. This is what happens when you have no accountability in your life and you allow yourself to live in secrecy. Sin and temptation lurk not far behind. The more secretive a person is, the more they're hiding. Accountability says, I open up my hands. God, I have open hands. I have an open heart. Lord, I'm just, you just see right through me. There's, there's nothing to hide. Because if you're hiding stuff, you are not going to be overcoming temptation. The devil knows. He knows how. When you are very protective and guarding something and it's password protected and nobody knows about that parts of my life and what I'm up to and who I'm talking with and what I'm doing and what I'm spending my money on. Sin is not far behind. Number three, how do you overcome temptation? 
You live for a greater cause than yourself. Jesus is calling you to live for something greater than yourself. It's exciting living here in our city. Lexington's a wonderful, we're blessed to be here in the bluegrass. But living for Jesus is better. Jesus is calling you not just to be an American, not to be a, a, a basketball fan, not to be just a family man. He's calling you to raise your hand and say, I'm here. Lord, I'm yours. I'm living for something greater than me. God, you can have my life. That's what it means. Remember last Sunday we talked about being a disciple? Somebody who has literally left everything and is following Jesus. When you start doing that, when you are that laser focus committed to the Lord, you start experiencing victory in your life. This church starts experiencing victory. God starts doing wonderful things and blessing you. I have a quote here upon the screen from David Jeremiah. This is it, what it says. It says, Christians have two major markers in their lives. When they become Christians, when you give your life to Christ, that's a major marker. You walk this aisle, we'll have an invitation. You say yes to Jesus. Say, Lord, I'm ready to get saved. And when they go to heaven, obviously that's important. When you die, you go to heaven if you're a believer. So here we have these two major markers. Getting saved, going to heaven. That's, these are two important things that happen in your life. But here's the problem. But most Christians do not know what to do in between those two markers. And that's where we're at right now. If you're saved, you're between those markers. And that's because churches don't teach them. The whole idea that God expects us to build character in our lives is a foreign thing to so many folks because it hasn't been taught and explained from our pulpits. And that's what I'm doing right now. I'm helping you build character. I'm helping you teach you the scriptures so that you know when temptation comes that you have the courage, that you have the boldness, that you will not give in to that, that you do not fall. This is a daily battle for believers. The commitment God is asking of you this, this morning. He's saying, are you committed to me? You know when Jesus was tempted. He endured temptation in Matthew chapter 4. And it says, the devil came and tempted him. And three times he was tempted. Three times. Do you know what he did? He quoted scripture. And in Matthew 4, 4, it says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Man shall not live on bread alone. If you are living on bread alone, you are going to be struggling, struggling between the time you're saved and the time you're going to heaven. You will be wrestling with sin your entire life. Jesus is offering you and I this morning. He's saying, you can take your Bible and you can give it to God. You can take your phone or your tablet and you say, God, I'm not going to allow this to ruin me. Lord, this isn't going to be my bread. Some of you have been trying to live by these things. It can consume you. And you're not getting the bread that the Lord is offering because you're so distracted by what's in your pocket or what's in your hand right now. Are you going to be a bread alone believer 
Or are you going to be someone that's going to stand on the Word of God? Jesus quoted Scripture. Listen, Broadway Baptist. The reason why some of us aren't able to quote Scripture to temptation is because we don't know it. We haven't spent the time in learning our Bibles and coming and getting to know God. Even in the Lord's Prayer, in Matthew 6, 13, Jesus, he actually concluded the Lord's Prayer saying, and do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. He concluded his most important prayer by warning folks, hey, temptation lurks when Peter, when Peter was standing right there and said, Jesus, I will never deny you. I will never betray you. I'm yours. He looked at him and says, get behind me, Satan. Peter, you don't even know what you're talking about. But you're going to deny me in just a matter of hours. You might be feeling like you're strong right now. But this afternoon at 3.30, you might not be strong. Tuesday at 1.30, you could be weak. The devil attacks us daily. Do you know, do you, if you want to... If you want to believe God, if you want God to do something great in your life, you have to provide trans, you have to provide transparency to protect yourself against temptation. And a transparent life is one that God sees through, obviously, but you have accountability in other areas. The truth is, we think about that lady who was going to surgery a few weeks ago. She refused to give up her phone. But some of us could be the same. We're right there. We would be embarrassed if someone got our password. Shocking. Say, I never knew he was that type of person. Four things here in your handout. We're going to go through these. They're up here on the screen. Temptation truths. Look here up on this board. They're in your bulletin. Number one, Satan will tempt you. Church, this is a fact. There's no question about it. Satan's coming after you. You have a bullseye on you. Number two, you do not want to deliberately place yourself in a position of being tempted. Do you know this is just foolish? Listen, men, if you struggle with certain types of sin, you avoid that place. Remember Joseph in the Old Testament? Every day the Bible said that Potiphar's wife would look and long after him. She was, she was on his tail, literally. And finally one day when Noah was around, she grabbed him and propositioned herself to him. He took his jacket off and ran out the door. He ran. He had to work there. But there was a time when he was being tempted. He immediately left. We do not place ourselves in positions to be tempted. And you and the Lord know those. Part of Christian maturity is knowing, here are my weak spots, here's where I struggle, I'm not going to deliberately place myself in that. Accountability will always be your friend. Transparency is always good. We go to God and say, God, I had clean hands, pure hearts, you can see right through me. There's no secrets. Number three, knowledge of Scripture is the best weapon against temptation. If you don't know this book, you are not going to have a weapon. All you do is just get hit by arrows from the devil, and he will hit you. The reason you're living a defeated life is because you have not spent time in the Bible. 
If Jesus quoted Scripture, you should be quoting Scripture. Number four, you can overcome all temptation. First Corinthians 10.13 says, He provides a way out. Church, there's no excuse. Listen, you might fall one time, but you shouldn't fall a second time. You should have learned your lesson. You may be gave in the first time, but the second time, God gives us wisdom as believers. He gives us knowledge. He gives us the Holy Spirit so that he, we can stand up and find the back door so we don't give in to temptation. You know the desert island test here. In conclusion, last thing. If you were on a desert island and you were alone and there's no one there, no one would ever know, would you do it? Would you do it? Whatever you're struggling with, the only person who's going to know is God. And how you answer that question because ultimately, do you know when we stand, when we die, we will stand before God. And the desert island test becomes public knowledge. Everything we thought was secret, everything we thought was password protected, all of a sudden the book of life is opened up. And we give an account in front of everyone, including the Lord. The desert island test becomes the worldwide knowledge revealer. Everybody knows it and sees it. Do you want to be a believer with character? Do you want to be someone that's growing closer to Christ? Church, if you cannot overcome and you cannot push back temptation, you cannot learn how to overpower this in your life through the help of Jesus Christ, you will struggle. You want to live a victorious Christian life? Do you want the power of Jesus flowing through you? Do you want to wake up in the morning and say, this is the day the Lord has made? Guys, it's here understanding how to overcome this stuff. Listen, if you have fallen, Jesus Christ forgives you, but there's no, second, there, there, there's no reason a second time. You know your weak areas. You know where you've been tripped up. You know where he got you the, first, the devil got you the first time. And you say no to sin. You say no to the devil. You say yes to Jesus. I want everybody to bow their head and close their eyes. We haven't had the sinner's prayer in a while. With every head bowed, every guy closed, I want, y'all, I want y'all to think about this. Maybe one of the reasons why you haven't experienced victory in your life is because you do not know Jesus. David Jeremiah said on that quote, those two milestones, when you first get saved and when you go to heaven, When were you saved? When did you trust Jesus as your Savior? I'm going to lead us in a prayer. This is what we know as a sinner's prayer. You can commit your life to Jesus right now. You pray along silently. Jesus can read your mind. Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner. I no longer want to struggle with temptation. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Lord, make me new. Fill me up. 
Lord, I stand on your word. Jesus, I'm asking you to forgive me and to save me. Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. I want you to look up. Bible says, if you said that prayer, you can be saved. That's what we call the sinner's prayer. Listen, Broadway Baptist, Jesus wants you to know him intimately. You need to know Christ is your Savior. You know, what happens, Jesus, he calls us publicly. We close every service with a time of response. Marty's going to lead us in that response. I'm going to invite everyone to stand. I'm standing down front. If you pray and ask Christ to come in your life, I want you to walk down forward and let everybody know. We have baptism in three weeks. You can receive believer's baptism. I'll be standing down front waiting for you to respond. When I need a quiet space To rest in grace A hiding place There you are When I need a remedy For all that's haunting me When I'm at the end of me There you are You and I am me. You are the sustainer of my everything. When I am weak, Lord, you are strong. Cause I am me. And you are God. When I'm calling out your name. When I sing your praise, Lord, when I seek your face, there you are. When I'm caught in a raging sea, in the midst of a tragedy, my own catastrophe, there you are. You are God, and I of my everything when I am weak Lord you are strong cause I am me and you are God I am nothing you are everything I
so much. I'm going to share a couple things. Uh, Marty, you have a closing song here after this? Sure. Okay. <laughs> I guess so. I'll figure I'll, something yeah, out. So, um, <laughs> and by the way, I want you to make sure before you leave, make sure you see Mar Marty drove up here from Nashville to be with you. Make sure you speak to him, his lovely wife and their daughter here on the front pew. Let them know how appreciative you are for, for them coming up here, doing a great job of uh, leading us in worship. A couple things are going on here tonight. We have a tour group that sings called Voice of Praise. They have a concert tonight at 6 p.m. right here, so you're welcome to come back. Great concert, great event. I hope you come for that. Also, if you're going into sixth grade, we have something special for you. Zach Bauer, raise your hand, Zach Bauer. Zach here, he is going along with Miss Sherry Lyons. She's downstairs in the Welcome Center. They're going to Malibu Jacks. So this is a welcome to youth group. So if you're a sixth grader going into youth group, you get to go to Malibu Jacks tonight. Zach's going to drive the church shuttle bus. It's going, you meet here at 6 o'clock. You'll be back around 8 or whenever they show up, so, or whenever they're ready to leave. So that's going to be a special event for our incoming uh, sixth graders into youth group. Also this week, um, Zach, you have a pool party. So Richard, if you're a teenager, if you're a middle or high schooler, you get to go to Mary and Richard Strange's house on Wednesday night from 6 to 9 for a pool party. Really great exciting event going on so uh, these are wonderful events for the teenagers here also next Sunday Mike Ritchie outstanding preacher outstanding fundraiser outstanding godly man who loves the Bible he will be preaching um, both morning services uh, so I ho hope you're uh, hope you're going to be here for next Sunday for that all right uh, and make sure you speak to Marty we uh, we'll be out here in the lobby we'll, we got some CDs and shirts and things, anybody interested in that kind of stuff, but uh, but we definitely want to say hello and say thank you for letting us come and worship. Let's just sing this chorus together again from Open Up the Heavens that we sang together earlier. So open up the heavens, we want to see you open up the floodgates, a mighty river flowing from your heart, filling every part of our prayer. Sing it one more time. So open up the heavens. We want to see you open up the floodgates. A mighty river flowing from your heart and filling every part of our praise. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful week. Amen.